everybody and happy new year. Welcome to Pub Table Racers show number one of 2022. My name is Tim Packman. My co-host and great friend is Warren Rosell. How you been? Great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How was your New Year? It was it was good. Yeah. It's good. Just level. Level? You know, when you're our age, I don't like it. Yeah. Just, just, I had plenty of excitement. That's good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, we had a good uh, couple days beforehand. We uh, had a little uh, racers luncheon Yeah. Tim Clements and Talked a lot of stuff. We solved the world's and the racing's problem. That's always it. fun. We do Let's it. Do it. Well, happy new year, all you. Uh, why do we have a bucket of beer? Uh, we have a bucket of beer in front of us because we're going to sit around. We're going to talk to racing and race cars, and, right. and we're going to drink beer while we do it. Perfect, because we are pub table racers and Miller highlight for our good friend Bobby Allison. So happy new year to you, and the new year to you, and new year to you. New year. All right. Um, just so you know, we're going to try something different, everybody. If you're tuning in. We're gonna start taking your questions and comments about 8:30. So if we don't, if we don't acknowledge them or we ignore you, um, that's just 8:30. We're gonna start. And uh, our guest tonight is Luke Lambert, uh, NASCAR crew chief, and he's got some brand new, fresh, not even 12 hours long news to share. Hot off the presses, as they say. Uh, we'd like to thank our. Um, oh, we're coming to you live tonight from the unsponsored studio. Yeah. Very sad. If you want to be part of this show as a sponsor, let us know. It's very affordable, and uh, we have people that watch this, and uh, we need it because, one, we want to be a sponsored thing, be cool, like all the cool kids, and um, beer isn't free. It's, it's a little beer money for us. A little beer money. That's about it. You know, no one's getting rich a, a living no. off this. Well, sometimes. Not yet. Not We're yet. trying. But we'd like to thank, uh, what do you got behind you there, buddy? I got uh, racingjunk.com. What, do you, what happens there? Uh, anything you need. Any of your racing or hot rod, or snowmobile, or motorcycle, or any any motorsports needs. Anything with a motor, they have it for. They'll you. have parts or pieces for it. New, used, whatever. We thank the Garage Shop as well. A uh, lot of uh, great videos going on there on uh, the YouTube channel. Check them out, and check our our YouTube channel too. And also, if you want some of this great merchandise, merchandise. Warren has a T-shirt on. Oh, oh, oh. Because like, you know you got your Christmas clothes. Like, damn, I, I get anything I want. Something behind me. I didn't get anything I wanted. I want a pub want table somebody, racers t-shirt. Anybody can buy it. Anybody can buy a beer, but you can only buy pub table racers right. merchandise, hats, uh, t-shirts, and tumblers. One place, pubtableracers.com. Uh, think a few of you did get uh, presents either for yourself or someone else. But you know what? The good news is we have lots left. <laughs> so <laughs> racing season's coming. Um, that's all we have there. Uh, website pubtableracers.com. You know what? There's not a whole lot of news to talk about, so nope. let's just jump right into it. Our guest tonight, we are very honored and very happy to have this guy on start the year off. He is Luke Lambert. He's been a crew chief in NASCAR in the Cup Series for 10 years. He has 26 top fives, 86 top tens, one win, second points in 2014. We'll talk about that. And also on the Xfinity side, he was there uh, one year, four wins, second in points there. He's been a crew chief for Jeff Burton, Ryan Newman, Daniel Emmerich, Chris Buescher, and another guy. And he has three kids, beautiful wife, and uh, today we're going to bring him up because he has an announcement to share with us. Come on in. Crowd goes wild. All right. All right you guys, crowd back. Thank we you. Both, uh, we pull both up. Scoot right in here. And, uh, right. had a great yeah. opportunity yeah. to work with you at RCR, and so, we welcome you. Could we uh, offer you a yeah. beverage? Yes. yes, please. Okay, you got to crack one? Cheers. Cheers. Happy New Year. Welcome to. Cheers. Good to see you. So. Before we get started, congratulations, a new announcement today, a new job. Yeah. You are now the crew chief for Noah Gregson at Junior Motorsports, the number nine Chevrolet in the Xfinity Series. 
Congrats, that's awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited good, about good it. Good for you. So how did, uh, because you know, you've been on the Cup side for like 10 years, so you had success in the Xfinity Series before, and so now, you know, Xfinity and Junior Motorsports, great place to be. Yeah, so, uh, you know, at the end of the season last year, the things had kind of gotten to a different spot at Roush, where I had uh, some decisions to make as to what I want to stay there or, or try to pursue other opportunities, mm -hmm. and um, really kind of tried to decide what, what made sense for me right now. And, uh, a lot of good things came my way, but uh, this one really, this one really caught my eye. I feel like uh, Junior Motorsports has a lot of good things and um, a lot of good things in place. They've, they've shown a lot of progress the last few years, and um, I want to be a part of a winning organization. So it was a natural move, and, and it also is uh, it's right down the road from my house, and, and they're off on Sundays. Because so. you drove from <laughs> you drove from Mooresville to RCR for all those years? And then no, you drove... no, no, no. Well, I did live up there yeah. for a period of time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's right, sir. And then, uh, then we jumped down here, okay. and, then, and then just so happens we're uh, like five miles from Junior Motorsports. Even better. Right. Quick Turns ride. out. Perfect. <laughs> um, so going there, and Noah Gregson, he is not going to be boring. No, not he, boring is, at all. Uh, he is exciting definition of the word. Yeah. Uh, good kid. Definitely uh, anybody that watched the Xfinity Series last year or the last couple of years sure. saw him making waves on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. and um, I, I think that uh, I want to be a part of, of his continuous progression. He's Got tons of raw talent. Uh, he's on the gas. He's making moves and and uh, you know occasionally stepping across the edge, but he's definitely riding on it when he's not across it. So, question: You've seen his energy. He's kind of out there. He kind of lets it all hang out. Is that something you're going to nurture or kind of? We'll just try to harness, We'll just try to harness it. Harness it into the right yeah, direction. Just keep a light tug on the bridles. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> to be productive. Yeah. That's right. All right, got it. That, and that makes total sense. All right. You, you got to let the horse go when it wants sure, to go. Yeah. You got to yeah, let but, it uh, go. I'll I, I, you know, I, I, when I talked the other day and you told me about this, I said, well, you got to come on the show and announce it. You go, yeah. And I said, boy, you know, from a PR standpoint, if I was doing that deal, I'd have so much fun with the both of you. I was like, all right. Like, yep, no, you're kind of screwed up there. But, you know, the spin doctor, the whole uh, crisis Management? Oh, I love that. And, and did you get the standard, how come you guys ain't asked me yet? Did I did. Get I that got yet? Yeah, it's and it's like, he's like, like I did. I, I've been actually pretty offended. I thought we were better friends than this. Uh, I thought you lived up there this whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's a great excuse back then. I ran into you at Costco a year ago. <laughs> you did? Yeah, you, you turned the other way. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, Costco. Yeah, I'm curious. We had masks on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all right, nice mask. Yes, you never right. know it was me. You'd right. hear me, though. Okay, here's the, but here's the end result. You're here now, right? I'm right. here We're now. Great. Yeah. Great. And I'm very glad you're announcing, oh, you announced earlier, <laughs> your, your, your first live interview. Is this it? Yeah, this is it. Is it? See, well, we, uh, well, TV. Exclusive. There's been a couple radio pieces. Okay. All yeah, right, okay. fine. But this is the first It's been on XM. That's right, right. Yeah. People can look at you and yeah, say, they, hey. They know I have a beard instead of the pictures that exactly. came out. The show was <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he walks in and he's got his junior motorsports jacket and I go, that didn't take Yeah, right. You're all swagged up there. Yeah, well, it snowed yesterday. Right. <laughs> You're that right size, too. We have exactly. probably a large. Yes. We have plenty of large. We have no small. We have no double X's. <laughs> all right, so let's go back. How did you get involved in racing? Because we posted a few pictures of you as a youth. I guess is that your dad with you on the yep. car? Yep, And then the open wheel. And so how did you get your start in the open? So uh, it started just with my dad taking me to racetracks when right. I was a kid. My dad's always been into racing. Um uh, he worked on some cars when he was uh, in his teenage years, and and um, so he was a race fan. And we uh, would go to racetracks, local dirt tracks, modified tracks, and which um, ones? Uh, we'd go to Caraway, North Wilkesboro, um, Bowman Gray a lot. So you're so a you're Mayberry. North Carolinian. Yeah, I'm a North Carolinian, Mayberry. 
Paper Mountain. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Is this the part where I say you don't sell it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, make adjustments. Okay, got it. Yep, I got it. All right, that's fine. So yeah, um, we'd go to, I mean, Martinsville, all, all the little short tracks around here, and um, from the time I would, you know, first remember going to the racetrack, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to work in it and um, wanted to race. You know, be a driver. Um, so uh, when I was early teens, my dad uh, got me a racing go-kart. You know, I had go-karts. I grew up on a farm, so... Uh, a lot of yard carts, right? Yard carts sure. and, uh, and, and three-wheelers. Three wheel, four, four-wheelers. We four-wheelers? Couldn't, we couldn't have a three-wheeler. No, was, no we could. So. It, it took them all away by the time I was... <laughs> <Very illegal. laughs> so we, I had... I, I didn't have one, but yeah. I knew someone who had one, and I rode on them. With no and, helmet? Oh, yeah. Right. And, yes, they were deadly. Yeah, you can oh. give kids cigarettes before you give them three wheels. Yeah, right. right. And, and uh, lawn jars. Ready? Everybody run, run. No, 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 seriously. No, no three wheels. But, okay. but, yeah, I grew up I grew up with, uh, you know, playing on anything that had a wheel and a motor. Right. And so, I, naturally, I wanted to race, and um, and my uh, my dad got me a go-kart, and we went racing when I was, I think I started when I was, like, 13-ish, okay. and uh, we, we went and we started, the first racetrack I ever raced at was uh, Bear Creek Speedway, which they reconfigured it a couple times, they still race up there, it's like north of uh, Moxville, kind of, Okay. Um, and uh, it it was just, you know, it would always draw, draw a really big, great big crowd, yeah. but it was just kind of a country racetrack, and um, we went out and started racing, and um, me and my dad were just trying to learn the ropes, learn how to work on a go-kart, and think we ended up like our fourth week we ended up winning the heat race and we we're like all right this is going pretty well right. and then uh one thing led to another we started having fun we won a bunch of races and won the championship and then just one thing led to another we just kept doing it so um that led to you know where do i go next right. so i um i liked math and and stuff so i felt like my dad's an engineer he's a civil engineer i was going to ask you that yeah so uh so his civil engineering background made me uh made me think that i wanted to go the engineering route and you know, at that time, um, it wasn't as prevalent in, in stock car racing to right. have engineering. But um, it was just coming in. Anybody I would talk to was like, "Yeah, learn how to learn how to be an engineer and run a computer, and, and you can work on race cars." I was like, "All right." So uh, Bobby Hutchins, I can remember running him in him at a uh, at a tr- race at Caraway. He was driving, and I had Frank Fleming was a if you know Frank Fleming that races modifieds. So he's a he's he's a Big modified okay. guy around here. Yep. yep. And uh, he he lived close to me, and I would go help him. And uh, he, I said, Frank, I want to work in I want to work in NASCAR one day. So he he said, Well, Bobby was racing. I'll take an introduce you to him. So he took me and introduced me to Bobby Hutchins one day, and I, I asked Bobby. I said, Was you know, Bobby already working at RCR? Bobby then? was already there. Bo- I think Bobby had already crew chiefed a bit, and then he was like now, like head engineer yeah, at, at RCR. Kinda, he'd already he'd already moved into that engineering okay. role. And so Bobby was like, uh, he's like, well, all I can tell you is you need to go get your engineering degree, and you need to figure out how to be good on computers. And I was like, okay, got it. So. Uh, and you're you're how old about right I'm now? Probably sixteen. Okay, so you're still in high school. Still in high school. And and you, but you're planning for your future. Planning for my future. Very so nice. so then uh, that gave me a, a little bit of motivation to study right. harder good. physics right. and calculus and mm-hmm. stuff. And then uh, kept racing while I was in in high school, and then. Um, we, uh, when I was looking at schools, 
My dad went state, so state was a natural choice. But we looked around. You mean North Carolina State? Yeah, NC yeah, State. NC State. Yeah. Well, if you're from well, Carolina, from, from there is only one well, state. There's, there's, oh, pe so, there's oh, people sorry. in Buffalo, Wisconsin, <laughs> Florida, Las Vegas watching. So, okay. Oh, okay. they look above state. Wisconsin yeah. State. Okay, good. Florida State. Okay. So, so North Carolina State University, home of the Wolfpack. Right. Um, we uh, we looked around, and that they actually had a really strong motorsports program, or at least it appeared that way when I was looking around for it. And um, we went down and went to tour uh, – their facility and I was like, man, this is great. And they had at the time they had Legends cars, okay, and this uh, Formula SAE program, which was kind of getting going but not really uh, fully developed yet. And so I went there and um, went there with the intention of being a part of any racing I could. Right. And so the first year there, I I got in kind of connected with the Legends guys before I graduated. Like my senior year, we would go to where they were racing the Legends car. So uh, Scott Brewer was was one of the guys that was um, already already there, and and he was he was one of the drivers and involved in the Legends program, um, and uh, a couple other guys that uh, Christian McCauley. There were a few other guys that were there, and um, I got to know those guys really well mm -hmm. before I even went to school. So when I got actually it was a month before I was supposed to start school, I went on to Raleigh and. Started working on the Legends cars and and actually got to start racing and, okay. and driving and uh, playing with those cars like right as I got there and then that whole thing lasted about a year and a half while I was there and then the university kind of pulled kind of shut it down. Yeah, they really shut it down, but they didn't. They stopped. They stopped supporting it at all. So was Brewer going to NC State at the time too? Brewer was Brewer was going to NC State right up until the time I got there and then okay. he, he transferred to to Charlotte. Okay. After that. So the, you know the running Scott joke, we're talking yeah. About. Okay. The running joke at RCR, you know, was the NC State Mafia <laughs> because there was Brewer, you, uh, well, no, there was a lot of the engineers, okay, yeah. a lot of the guys who were race engineers. You know, when I first got there, you before you were yeah. chief even, and then other people they hired. You know, Dr. Eric Warren was there, and you know, just. Uh, I don't know. Did Sparks? Sparks didn't go to NC. Sparks was Charlotte. He was Charlotte. He but, blended in well. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there was a there was an NC. Yeah, we, we had him on with the, with Corey. They both came one yeah. day. That was a that was an interesting night. I'm that, sure that was a two bucket night. Just so you know. There was an NC State Mafia. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so you're, you're at what point? So what was your you, first? Did you ever know we called you that? Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, so when was what was your first job in like NASCAR side of it when you so went to school and all that when. Uh, when I, like, well, skipping ahead a little bit, because I, 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 while I was at State, what really got me, I think, taught me more about racing than anything else was the Formula SA program. Yeah. And so... What was that? Formula SA. Formula SA. What did you Formula SA. So it's uh, Society of Automotive Engineers right. is, the, is the organization that hosts it, and it's, it's a formula race, so they call it Formula SA. And it's a national series... Or, okay. Sorry, international series right. that uh, competes, and at the time there was really only one co competition. It was in Detroit. It was every year, and there would be like 140, 150 schools from all over the world. I mean, literally, hmm. like Asia, probably almost every continent was represented, and um, they would they would come and compete, and it was, it was a huge deal. Well, it's even kind of grown since I was there, and now it's now they got national competitions that are kind of all over. Because uh, it just got so full, but um, the the premise of the whole thing is that they have very kind of open rules as racing goes. They um, you're allowed to run 
when I was there, you, you could have a 600cc engine with a 20 millimeter restrictor um, and that all the air had to go through. Right. Uh, you could run turbos, but right. the turbo had to be behind the restrictor. You couldn't push through it. Um, and then they had like, just like general size rules, like, like wheel bases and wheel widths. Not even, not even that, like can't be any bigger than this. And that was it. So they had a box yeah, that it, they said this four by six box. Yeah, and so, yeah, so these it. things like would come and they would look completely different. Right. Like, probably the coolest thing about it is you could you could like do anything. You could put you could build a traction control system, you could put sure. wings on it, you could do anything. Yeah. But there was no minimum weight rule. So like like you, you would like wanna do a lot of cool things to the car, but then you could just get to the point where you're packing a bunch of weight on it. Where it, it gets too heavy. And there's basically no other racing series that I'm aware of that's that big that has no minimum weight. So, so here's what I know about it. It's all engineering schools. It's all engineering yes. students yes. that are building an open wheel car. And I believe you guys run on a closed course. Yes. Uh, that's a that's a solo. It's kind of like a, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like an autocross. It's kind of like a yeah. SEC autocross. Yep. And and there, there's a horsepower limit. Did, did they limit you on tires? Tire size. So, so there's tire size limits, but there it's, it's they might as well not be. I mean, it's okay. like it's so open. There the problem we had when I raced there is like finding a manufacturer that made exactly the right tire. Which while I was there, we we did, we got a, spot, a sponsorship partnership with Goodyear. Okay. And they we helped them develop a better tire. Yeah. Because. Hoosier actually had everything really kind of under control. <clears throat> were you guys uh, at the point, anybody in your, were you soaking them or trying to make them so, sticky or, so we, you know what I mean? We, we know, all, all we know as NASCAR guys is a cheat. So and, and so we, we did a little rules, bit of that, but actually like, because we were partnered with Goodyear, we were really just focused on trying to develop a better tire. Because like, I mean, they were, they were building any tire we wanted. And um, we went and did track tests in Akron probably like four a year, four or five a year. We'd go up to Akron. Not yeah. Akron, New York, for all you people Akron, listening. Ohio. Akron, 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 Ohio. That's right. Because I'm from Akron, New York. There's a bunch of people. Thanks for clarifying. Like, well, for their I'm sake. from down here, so I think yeah. everything's from, just... From their sake, they're like, oh, where are you going? <laughs> like Russell Park? No, sorry. <laughs> Not there. Go ahead. So the, uh, yeah, so the, the, like, they had a track they'd set up, and then they'd bring all sorts of tire compounds that they were building for us. And um, it, it was really, it was really neat, like, experience working with their... R&D engineers and, engineers and like doing like a real tire test and so um, they they picked us and like a handful of other schools because we were we always had really good cars that were dependable and they knew they could bring to a test and run all day right and so like we developed tires and um, long story short like this whole thing was it we didn't spend as much time like actually running and racing the car that you would if you were to campaign in like a in like a midget it's series for a season for a season yeah but we spent we built Every single thing on the car, we okay. we, I mean, we every chassis tube we cut in a mill, fish mouth, welded it all together. We built our own carbon fiber chassis, um, designed it, cut the molds, built built the whole thing. So as engineers, you were also in that program. You had to be fabricators. Oh, you had to learn. You had to do everything right. hands on. And so I mean, we we hand built every piece of these things, and it would it would take an entire year to to do it and and get a short little amount of testing on it before you took it to competition, but. Um, you know, in doing that, you, you meet all kinds of people in the industry, and um, and the biggest thing that we had to do is we had to figure out how to come up with some support and money mm -hmm. for use of facilities to complete it. 
And so, you know, we'd be cold calling people in the industry and saying, hey, we got this car, we're trying to build it, we need some support. So people in the racing industry. So people in the racing industry. So who, call, we, who, who was your call? We got a lot of help from, um, from this company that was in Greensboro at the time called Envision. And they were really big in racing. And um, unfortunately, the owner uh, passed not, not long ago and the company kind of is gone. It but seems like I've heard that name. So that company Envision, they used to cut all the molds for like the wind tunnel yeah. stuff. Okay. And like like all the scale model cars yeah. were built by this Envision company. Yeah. So I got to know Jim Giles, the guy that was that was the president of that place. So before three D printing. Yes. Right. Yeah. It because was all ring shaped. Yeah. 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 So just to get ahead, so you took all this experience in the connections, and that's where you put that into your first NASCAR job. Yep. And so like when when it was time to graduate, I kind of made all these connections, and mm -hmm. basically I was calling those people I already knew and saying, okay, I've graduated, and then. Uh, there were there were a handful of opportunities that kind of came about, right? And uh, and I knew a lot of people at RCR, so yeah. <laughs> that was that was the fit that felt the best. Um, Noah McKay was because uh, you went to school with Noah school right. and Noah McKay was talk. So yeah. who was he? Uh, Noah McKay was in charge of their aero program when I was there and Luke was there, and he has since moved on, but he's a great guy, just an aero guy. So you actually, I just had me, you're like one of the rare people that use their college experience and education and connections to get a job in the sport. That's it. Most as people, an engineer. As an engineer. So most people go through the short tracks, the, I worked on a late model, I worked on his modifier, right. I worked on, and then I met these people and they said, come on down. And they lived in couches, campers, whatever. So you were able to take... Well, we, yeah, that's a, unique, that, that, that's a totally different approach. It, it is, but I will say this, like our Formula SA approach was the same as living on couches, racing at night. Like we, <laughs> okay, yeah. right. we, we did right. we did what we did with the Formula SA team in spite of the university, not because of the oh, university. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we kind of had to beg, steal, and borrow to, to complete everything that we did. So your first job in NASCAR was? Working at RCR as, as, a, as a junior engineer, just okay. doing whatever. Did you intern or, or, did, or did you get a, a full-time job? I got a full-time job. Okay, okay, cool. Yep. So I, I started and... At that time, nobody really knew what to do with an engineer in the sport. Right. Um, what year was that? That was 2005. Okay. So, um, you know, we would be one day measuring cars. A lot right. of what we did was data systems, installing the data systems on the cars. Go to for tests. tests. For tests. Pi systems. Um, and uh, measuring cars, running the seven post. So where did the progression go for you? From so from the time I went to work from a junior engineer to crew chief, there's got to be something happening between So them. I wanted to go to the racetrack and work, sure. work with Everybody the race cars. Uh, and particularly after you know driving and and actually racing right. and when I was younger, that's that's really where I wanted to be. And so I did everything I could to try to get a spot as a traveling engineer. Right. And my first spot traveling was uh, second engineer on the uh, 31 with Jeff Burton mm -hmm. and Scott Miller was the crew chief at the time. On the 31 car. Scott Miller. So you, yep. you didn't have to stop in, right. uh, it was Xfinity or it was Bush at the time, I think, but you didn't have to stop. You went, you went right from junior engineer, right to cop. Pretty much. Cause, cause what, like when I, when I was right. a data guy, I was yep. working on the 29 with Harvick. Todd mm -hmm. Barrier was okay. the crew chief. So I was going to the track with the cup guys, but only for tests. Right. You used to test right. a lot, right? So yep. You'd be there frequently. Well, then they needed a junior engineer to fill a role, and fortunately, I got the tap to do that. And uh, Jeff Curtis 
Yep. Uh, Jazzy was the lead Jazzy, engineer, yep, yep. and uh, he was he was uh, way ahead of his time. Like he had written his own sim. Yeah, yeah. And he was he was he, he, he yeah. really done. He a was lot. so out there. He was so far ahead. And and you realize years later that I thought he was like out there another way. Yeah, but he was. He, actually, he was a little, but he, was, he still. He, that's what made him right. Somewhat, exactly. Yep. That's yeah. what made him good. So Scott Miller. So people that might are new to the sport. Scott Miller is now the director of competition competition for NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah. So he went from there. So you, <laughs> you guys have a good bond. So what yeah. year was that? You went to work for Scott. That was, in, I think, the first year that it was two thousand seven. Okay. Yeah, because I I think I got there in eight or nine. Yeah. So when but did the you were, I think you were already his head engineer by right. then. Yeah. Because you were still with the thirty one when I got there. I yeah, and then and then I did that for a while, and then uh, a couple little things happened, but basically I ended up with Todd uh, Barrier, okay. the thirty one with Burton, um, was. And, and Aaron Johnston right. we, at RCR, we yeah. at RCR, and so because the first year that you you your first year as a crew chief, it shows seventeen races. So at some point during that, that was season, the middle of the season, right? Yeah. When you got the call to say, "Hey, you want to be the crew chief?" What what would, what 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 was your first? So thought? I got to I go, oh, go, go. You're going too fast. Oh, sorry. Because I have I have another <laughs> question to ask him. That's kind of personal between me and him. But can, can, so, can these people hear it? Yes, okay, absolutely. Because <laughs> it's about the tandem draft. Holy crap. And, right. and the tandem draft. Yes. We were at a test together when this took place. Yep. And I believe Burton and Kenseth figured it out. It was Burton and someone else. Real quick. New sport. Tandem draft is when it's the old when they draft. used to lock together. Right, the yep. old draft was four, five, six, seven, eight cars. Right. And then it discovered that, oh, two is better than ten. So what happened that caused that? Is they they changed the arrow rules? They I remember you would remember this. That's what I They put a big spoiler. Yes. They put a big spoiler on them. Right. And uh, I think it was actually the first tail flames they put on them. Yes. And as soon as they did that, there was a weird there was a weird pocket behind the car. The which no, if you could no ever, wake. If you could ever get behind it, once you could it, get to the guy, you'd lock up, and the cars would run. It was like you had two motors in the car. It they'd run like half a second faster. And uh, the only problem was is they'd lock up and the guy in the back would overheat. Start to that was the only problem. Because he had no air. Right? That was is, that, is that so that became when guys would like, they tried to and get some air? And they would swap. Yeah, and there was all that. Okay, got it. And so that was when that, when that first happened, it was like, it happened to a test. And I, I remember Burton was like, holy cow. And they like, he, and instantly they got apart. And they like came in and like we we just figured something out. <laughs> I was at the test because like, 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 uh, I was doing airbox stuff. This is big. Yeah, this like, is big. Johnson, yeah. When he discovered the draft, he was like, "I'm not telling anybody about this." Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to go back. Like they did kind of keep it on the down low. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So figure something so out. They, they got. So then they were like, they got to better figure out, you know, how to work on it, but not let everybody in the garage see that you're working on it. Right. Kind of so weren't you? Didn't you build those airboxes? I, I built the airboxes at RCR when this test was happening, okay, and you know. Got a lot of praise from Jeff Burton and some of our other sure. guys because we were when I before I got there they were struggling a little bit. Right. But that besides the point, I wanted to bring up the tandem because I loved that race. And first of all, I thought it was great. It was very exciting. And that also bring about a rule of radio talk yeah, because right. yeah. you know, and and some of our people know it and some don't. But yeah, you know, you can talk about the radio, the, the yeah, dial so, on the dash. You so know? What, so we was we figured out that you know we were going to be working with people well at the time like you know this whole concept having tandem and really close teammates really was a little bit of a foreign concept the drivers wanted the flexibility to work with like 
anybody right. in the field. Right. I remember that. Yep. So we took everybody's radios and we had them programmed to where you had like a dial and the driver could see all the numbers. And he oh. was, he, if he wanted to work with the 11 car, click, 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 he could be on the 11's channel. And, and they could talk to the, each other. Yeah, and you wanted to work with What if you want to tell them to eat shit? I mean, you could do it. Sorry, it's cursed. I apologize. So I just, we, wow, so, that, yeah, I forgot all that. Yeah, wow. so we had. Remember a, that? Yeah, they, they showed the picture of the day, and it had like like all these. It, yeah, it was yeah, amazing. So we had our we had our radios, and we had you know all the RCR team cars, but then we had a whole bunch of other people that we were planning to the work friendlies. with. Yeah, the friendlies. Yeah, the friendlies. <laughs> and then and then plans like, laps. all right, hey. If we work together, I want to use your spotter. That's the other thing we figured out is you couldn't have two spotters now because one spotter can spot both cars. Or both cars. Oh, right. So they would turn to the radio of the other car, oh, and gosh. one of the spotters would take over and do both cars and, and spot both. And cars. And we have to drive the car. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it. And so uh, that was a challenge. NASCAR wasn't happy. Very not happy. Um, I still think that was the best race. It ever. was some of the best races, and the, the strategy element was so yes. interesting. And there was less big ones. Yeah, because the guys got Rex, so far right. apart. Yeah, yeah. you'd only yeah. have four cars in a wreck. You wouldn't have twelve. Yeah, you know. Yeah, was but anyways, stuff. all right. Now you're gonna bring up. Let's get you the crew chief here. So, the, so the crew chief call comes in. Yeah. So I was in. Uh, I was walking down pit lane in New Hampshire, qualifying, and uh, Mike Dillon walks up to me. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Who are you again? Who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> And he, he pretty much asked me if I was uh, if I was ready to be a crew chief. If that was if that was an opportunity, yeah. I was like, I was like closing my eyes, like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> sure. And uh, but no, I I, uh, I bluffed, told him I was ready for it. Sure. Then he walked away, and I, and I thought, when, what did I get myself into? Um, and then uh, one thing led to another, and within a week or two, I ended up taking over the the thirty one for the last half of the season. All right. Quick question. Uh, it's eight thirty, and you got your fa your fan club. Oh, I can only imagine. It's blowing <laughs> up. I got, I got. All right, working with Jeff Burton, what was that like? I mean, here here you go from an established driver, the mayor of you know they call, and what was that like working with him? Uh, it was. Did you rely on him? So more than he I had a really good relationship with Jeff, just because at that point in time we worked together for three years, right? Um, or you know, close to three years anyway. So I kind of. I started to understand him a little bit, and I, I think he had developed some respect for me. So mm -hmm. um, it was, uh, and I think he, when he allowed me to do the opportunity, he right. he knew I was wet behind the ears. Right. Um, I think I was so he 20, I was twenty eight years old. So he was going to make you. He was going to make it work for both of you. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't. He wasn't doing it for charity. I can no. promise you that. <laughs> but but uh, he was he was understanding that you know there would be growing pains and whatnot. Sure. So. Um, it, it started out okay. I mean, it wasn't like it was bad, but it, it definitely at, at the start it wasn't a huge change. But sure. then uh, we kind of got some momentum as a group by the end of the year. And uh, by the end of that season, we started really rolling in some good yeah. finishes. We had some top fives that, that came in. Yeah. And uh, and we uh, we almost won Talladega. Yeah. We were leading uh, with, uh, with, with 100 50 feet to go, and, and when Boyer passed Your us, teammate yeah. passed you for the 100th. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we were doing the tandem deal, yeah. and we, we, we narrowly missed winning that, that race. So. I remember that. Uh, but we had some good runs there. We had we had a good run at uh, Phoenix, where we were in contention to win the race. Yeah, and you had, had a, I think, Dover, Phoenix. There yeah. was a few. Yeah, so we, we had some strong runs, and um, I enjoyed I enjoyed working with him. He yeah. was uh, he's very open-minded at that point in time as far as, you know, he wanted 
you know, we do kind of bring fresh ideas and, yeah, and we just had a lot of fun. So did that for six, six months or whatever. And then I went to the Xfinity series for a year. With, yep, Elliott Sather. And you did really well there. You won four races, second yeah. points. Yeah, we had yeah. a really fun year. We, that had to be good for you though. Like did that, did that build your confidence when you went back to the Yeah, it, it was good. I, yeah. I think I wanted to stay on the 31, but it ultimately it was a probably, sure. it was a better move. For that then, point in my career, and then you and Newman got together. For yeah, I came, well, I came back and worked a year with Burton. Six years. Yeah, yeah I worked a year with Burton when I came back right. in 2013. Um, that was his last year, and uh, and then when he left and retired and moved on to TV, uh, Newman took over in, in 14. And you stayed with. Can I tell you what? You brought up one of the one of the oddest, weirdest times ever in the sport for me, was sitting with Jeff Burton and Richard Childress. Writing the press release of what Jeff was doing, and Richard said what he had to say. And he left the room. I looked up at Jeff and I said, "This makes me really sad." He goes, "I'm not digging it either," but it was just that point where, like, you realize that you know you grew up in Jeff Burton's ever '99 car, and that, and then because Jeff didn't want to be done, right? But I'm saying I could tell that we had to write this, and I had to write this because Richard was getting here to write this. He said his piece and walked out because he was not comfortable. And you realize that your heroes or people you look up to have their limitations in the sport. And I had to do what I and then he left. And I'm sitting there at Richard's office in the big conference table. I was like, damn, this sport sucks sometimes. And that was just the human factor of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the the ups and downs oh, of this deal, yeah, right? I get it. Yeah. All right. So then you went to Newman. You guys were together for six years. Yeah. Twenty fourteen yeah. was your best year. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Right. We um we were uh Decently competitive most right. of the season. Yep. Um, we were very consistent. Uh, that was a period of time where the racing was, there was no stage racing. So right. No, it was just go. No so stage I racing. I remember a lot of the fun that we had was we would we would kind of work our way up through the field and then like hover around yep. the top 10 and then really capitalize on late race opportunities and strategy stuff. Right. Uh, we, we took advantage of a lot of late race restarts, yep. Newman get up on the wheel, and we stole a lot of points at the end of those races and uh, really kept our, our season going strong from from benefiting from like really making big moves late in the race. Right, and, and I'll say it like this, not, you know, I was still there, and we know we, unfortunately, we didn't have the best cars, and you guys would take advantage of what you had to do with those cars and and it, it, it was it was those were good times yeah it was fun it, and we were we were racing against it was because you would you'd play it like you had nothing to lose we were like what yeah what do you do yeah. no tires or two tires or and then boom next thing you know they get a top five yeah. you know yeah and and you could do that right in, in, in that, in and that, that was era no, there was no stage points so right if you ran 15th all day nobody you know it didn't matter it didn't matter paper, you, Right. I'm going to say this, 2014 Homestead, that race, if those two idiots don't rack at the end, that championship is yours. Yeah. That, that was... championship is yours. And that caution, I mean, I was standing with Richard up top, and you guys and went, and you made the call for two. And it's like, this is it. And then it just didn't happen. I was like, oh, my God, they're this close. Who are those two yeah, idiots you're talking about? I think I worked for one. I think it no, was. who was it? Who, the crush who? panels came out of the 47. What? <laughs> What's that? Oh, okay. that's what brought the caution. Yeah, they brought the caution, and we're like, no. <laughs> but, uh, that was that one of the fun things about that deal. So 
Yeah. You yep. never know who you're going to have to work with. I'm calling him. Well, no one's calling me lately, so whatever. <laughs> they haven't called for five years, but go ahead. The, uh, the chase, I'm willing to risk it. The chase format was like, that was the first time they had the stages of the chase. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the elimination rounds. Right. And uh, and then that was the season where everybody got really out of hand with, with pit stop adjustments. Yes. And it all evolved in the middle of the chase. And NASCAR basically kind of took a look at it and said, look, we can't really stop it because we've been doing the chase this way. Right. So they kind of unofficially said, you know, boys have at it. Well, yeah. at that point, we were like going to the tunnel and like having the pit stop guys like damage the cars and figuring out what would make yeah. it faster. So so our, our fan base knows what Luke is saying about the pit stop adjustments was, you know, you'd go out there with a perfectly good race car to make your first pit stop <laughs> and the pit crew would push, pull, tug, you know, slam something into something, hit something with a tire, you know, bump something this way or pull that way and make the race car better. Yeah, you know, but like... 100 pounds of downforce in it. Like, right. Right on in, one it, Yeah. And, and so it, it moved the needle like big, more than around a wedge. Right. And so uh, we, like one of the interesting things that happened that, you know, I guess nobody would really know is we, we went to the wind tunnel with like three races to go and we were like chipping our way along and we got ourselves in a really good spot where it's like, man, we're probably going to have a good shot at making it to, making it to Homestead at the time. That was the last race of the year. And, um, and, we had figured out this adjustment we could make to the right rear quarter panel, and we could like rip it out and make a bunch of rear side force and down force. Right. Well, uh, we um, had it all built in our Phoenix car, the and Phoenix I remember I remember nice. going to Phoenix, and we were like, we only needed to finish thirteenth, uh, unless the twenty four won. Right. And we were uh, we were running along there, but even before that, we decided to not use that trick that we had learned because I was like, you know, we can probably make it through Phoenix and if we use that trick at Phoenix, the whole garage then will we, see it. Then we'll, we'll never have, have to use we'll it again. We'll have no advantage right. and we needed we were, we needed a, a bigger right. arrow gain than what we had in our pocket. So we needed to save that to put us in the in the ball game for Homestead. So we uh, we we saved it and we made we made it out of Phoenix. About punting the 42. Oh, I remember that. I, mean, I remember floor. watching it. Oh, I didn't go. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. watching it. I was at a place here in Mooresville. I'm like, no, no, I'm going crazy. People are like, come now. I go, no, not coming now. We're going to make it to the championship. Yeah. And these people are like, he goes, he works there. And it was just, and it was just, um, and he, I have no qualms about it. I think I was did, there. Did, did I think I was do. at the racetrack. Did what I had to do. And it was like, and it was yeah, like, I was yeah. like, whatever. Whatever. Even, even Larson, I think, understood. I mean, oh, yeah. Well, like he was going to fight Newman. Newman had to use him up. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. So, Remember when your uncle used to hold your head? Yeah. <laughs> so we got out of there, and then we went to Homestead. And uh, because we because we made it to Homestead with that trick in the bag, um, we weren't great in practice. Right. We didn't qualify very good. But first pit stop came, and we uh, we did our little our little trick that we had planned. Sure. And all of a sudden, we are we are moving ahead yeah. quickly. Got the side force wicker yeah. going. I think, I think I remember you with a zizzle did some of the zizz in the makeup. I, I know. I, 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 had, I had a little. I helped with that. I you had the glasses the, down. Yeah, I helped, I helped a little bit with that. I think uh, Kyle Kelly was yeah, involved. Yeah, Kyle in Kelly that. certainly. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, 
it was a, it's a really nice side force game. Yeah, and we had um, we had Brad Robinson, the the biggest pit crew guy. Yeah, big, big, big Brad, big Brad. Yeah, didn't take much for him to right. yeah, to make it happen. Just ripping. Ready for your question? Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Here we yeah. go. All right, let's start <laughs> off. Tom Beatty, our number one fan up in New Jersey. Luke, what makes you and Junior Motorsports a great fit together to make a run for the Xfinity Series title? Well, I think that uh, you know I'm fortunate to have a lot of experience and. Uh, they have a really strong program. So, you know, Junior Motorsports has been building a strong program for a number of years, and they've proven the consistency, and they got a good driver lineup. And Noah's Noah's a, a really good driver, good kid. Uh, enjoyed getting to know him, and I've enjoyed watching him race. Um, and I, I see a lot of potential in him. Um, in the last three years, he's he's his finishing the points has just been moving forward in a linear direction towards the championship. So. Um, Good race team, good cars. Uh, Noah's a good driver, and I feel like I've got a lot of experience. And uh, I finished second in the Xfinity Championship, second in the Cup Championship. So I've got, more I've go. got one more to go. Yeah. I've got one more spot to get. And you I get think your with, ring. with the pieces we've got, yeah. we'll, we'll be able to have a really good shot That's at it. Nice, what was your first uh, Pro Shop gift card? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, what was your first conversation like with him? Did you talk to him before you took the job or after? Um, I was, I was really close to taking the job. He had, he had been out of town. He came back in town and we, uh, we met when had lunch at Field of Greens. Oh, yeah. Okay, and, yeah. uh, sat around over a sandwich and talked about it. And, uh, you know, I could just, I could just tell he was excited. And, Good. And he's, uh, he wants to have fun and be competitive. And, uh, I think that's, that's how I want us to, to compete. So. Perfect. I just, I'm just curious how those first conversations always go. Yeah. Uh, Dan Lynch, it's 8.30, Luke. Who is your favorite tire guy? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. Though. No, I work with Lynch now, you know. <laughs> I oh, didn't even know he did tires for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for James Bender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bender's in here. He's got some questions. <laughs> I can, I, I'm sure he's sure. I'm sure he's yeah. right. You knew these guys uh, were going to start to get on you. Yeah, that's all right. We got it. Yeah. No, we worked together for a really long time. So uh, yeah, I, w- I would say he, he's uh, he's towards the top of the list. Bender, you should just say Tuesday. 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 <laughs> there we go. What was Bender had a great quote. Where was it? Oh, uh, Dan Lynch. What size drill bit you got, Bender? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a story behind that, I'm sure. <laughs> we ain't bringing any of them up. All right, I just I'm just telling you what they're saying here. All right. Uh, all right, here we go. Bob Fetzer. Any plans for the next gen car in Xfinity that you know of? Uh, I think that everything's pretty much locked in for two or three years there yeah, yeah, now. I, I yeah. think they're gonna develop. Yeah. They're gonna develop. Obviously, got some growing pain. <laughs> right. Got to get, get the uh, yeah, the pain, supply yeah. chain sorted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shitting tanker trucks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, once I think once they get it all sorted out, cup, I'm sure there'll be some mm-hmm. discussion. But uh, right now, the product in Xfinity is really good. You know, the, yeah. the Xfinity cars already have the composite bodies. Yes, they they're very um, economical to assemble yeah. they're, the they're well established for yeah. what they have leave alone right now cars can beat and bang they yeah. put on great races yeah. so you i think you I don't see, need a fleet of them no right. i see them running those for three or four more years right. and then uh and then, bender had remorse <laughs> bender says which i've never seen in <laughs> almost two years of doing this show he says let it go <laughs> And then he goes, we're all family here. This is better. Are you kidding me, Bender? Really? 
He refuses to come on the show. But he'll sit he there. He was on. He, he don't. Bender. Jim Bender. Was oh, Bender. Oh, you want Bender. Was on. Kyle Keller refused to come on. Right. So Bender came on. He was good. When's Okie um, Dokie coming on? I want to be a part of oh that. My oh, God, my God. There's you got to get that. You know what? We have we have some. We, we're coming up. Like, you're show 91. We're nine away from a 100 show. We need to have, like, someone awesome on the 100 yeah. show. I mean, someone really old legendary. Like, so, yeah, legendary. Okie dokie. No, no, no. Yeah, you're, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying this is great. Than no, yeah, 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 100 show. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got no, it. I yeah. got this. It's pretty clear. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You kidding me. You know, it's like, yeah. Because, like, we went to a just poll. Just field, field fillers until you get to You are not field fillers. Trust me. You're the first one of the year. We praise that all up. Okay. Richard Coleman. What kind of chances do you think the Braves have in the spring Oh, Lake Norman Lake. This is this What's is this good stuff right here. This okay. is big stuff. Sure. This right. is big stuff. We right. got Lay it on us. So last year, yeah. the uh Lakeshore Braves Baseball? coach pitched ten and under league. Right. Okay. Coach pitched, okay. No, sorry, kid pitched. Kid pitched ten kid and pitch. under. Okay, yeah. Uh my sons, I got two sons. Yeah. Right? Uh, eight and nine last year, one's ten now. Okay. And uh and he has a son that was on the team. Got it. We made a heck of a run at the championship. We barely lost in the championship game. Um, we were one of the top yeah. schools. And so we've got a lot of returning players. A lot got of guys it. hadn't crossed the 10-year-old mark. Perfect. And uh, we're poised for a really, really strong season. With all right. Nice. Games. So stay tuned. That's awesome. Okay. And uh, and I had to take an Xfinity job to be at all of the <laughs> You so. chose to. You had to chose to. Yeah. Scott Daniels says, what's up, guys? What's up, Scott? Hey, um, Scott. Better says nobody would be sober. That's good. <laughs> so there's one thing I want to ask you. you we talked about it when, when I ran into you. This Xfinity, your kids are now what ages? Five, eight, and ten. Got it. And your wife is amazingly beautiful, and you all kicked your coverage, but I'm sure no I'm doubt. not the first person to tell you that. What's this mean for you on a family side? Because, you know, you said your kids are more involved in doing more besides crawling and <laughs> spinning up and crap. Yeah. right. So they're like yeah, doing and the ten thousand yeah. each leg was set together at Christmas. They right, are doing exactly. that. Yeah. They are doing that. Now they now they're taking them apart and putting motors in them to turn them into RC cars. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's going on today. So yeah. what makes what makes what what was part of this Xfinity like? What was attractive to you from a family standpoint? So from a family standpoint, yeah, this is important. I want you guys to hear. You this. know, like um, you know, this job's demanding. Everybody that works sure. in it understands yeah. that the, more than anybody. And um, but it's also something that we all love, and we all like to compete, and we all want to, you know, win races, and none of us want to pack it up and not be a part of it. But right. for me, this was an opportunity to kind of get both satisfied. Absolutely. Both. And so I, I, uh, I really feel like it's right for me right now. I don't know that uh, it's going to be what I want for my whole rest of my career, but for right now, it's perfect. And, yeah. and my kids are at this age where I just watch them grow. How so old are you now, Luke? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. So you're 39. just forty. So you got a ways to go. Yeah. And so you're, my, you're gonna outlast a lot of drivers. <laughs> I say it like that. No, Trust exactly, me. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. Yeah. So my my kids are uh, they're into riding dirt bikes and yep. four wheelers and. And you want to be part of that? Fishing. You, you don't want pictures. Yeah. Really badass treehouse yeah. they got in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Building, building treehouses, clearing good. land so they can ride their stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm into right now. I got a question. How'd you meet your wife? Work. Okay, so we're in uh, tenth grade English. Whoa! Class. Really. Yeah, so I'm, s- I'm sitting, I'm sitting in class. This new girl walks in, and uh, Mountary High School, by the way. Right. Okay. Yep. This new so girl walks in, in with this really screwed up haircut. I've never seen anything like this before. Right. Yellow shirt, black pants. Wow. And I was like, wow, never seen anything like that before in Mountary, North Carolina. Right. And I was, I was like, that's the girl I want to, want to really get to know. And so then uh, it took a couple years. 
Sure. Finally, by the time we were in seniors, I tricked her into going out with me. So your child, your your high school sweethearts. High school sweethearts. Holy crap! That's the American story right there. And is she never knew that. Was she from North Carolina? No. Or? So she had. She was kind of from all over. Her parents were in the military. Okay. She was born in Kansas or Colorado. Moved to Kansas. Yeah. Moved to Tallahassee, and then her family moved to North Carolina when we were in high school. So she, I, the, I was in first period class her first day at Mountie High School. Right. So all these years she's been with you through the whole. So so yeah. Everything. Yeah. The whole, wow. We've Very been, good. We've been able to uh, stay together. No, it's great. She's uh, she's my best friend and obviously she puts up with a lot. Obviously. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Coleman says, "I hope they let me back in the ballpark next year." Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we do have a little temporary suspension for some <laughs> uh, verbal. Well, there had to be some cleaning up or some ref. Misbehavior. Oh, okay, got it. Richard handled and the okay. ref didn't agree. So okay. Richard oh, had to leave. Oh, he oh. did? <laughs> wow, seriously? He, he gets verbal with me once in a while. Is that our guy? <laughs> Tom Beatty says, What? Warren and Tim don't remember 10th grade. Hey, shut up, Tom. It was the best three years of my life, okay? <laughs> 10th grade. You remember 10th grade? Never mind. Next question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just got out of the joint. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you went you you missed the thing you right Joe. All right, we got more questions, bring them on. Um one thing I, I ask you is that you have been like you took a really different route than a lot of people. You did the college, you did the, the building of the car in college, you learned all that, and then you went right to a team. And in that same team you moved yourself up. And that's like really unheard of. Because other guys like we said, like modified Late body, new people. Yeah. So I'll say it like this the, the engineers that we've had. Those engineers, right? Yep. You know, like him and Sparky, him and Ryan Sparks, they take that educated route. Right. The other guys, like myself and you, right. have taken the uneducated route where you work your way right. up. They get smart and they jump their way up. Sure. I'll say. No, <laughs> and that's fine. Right. I, don't, I don't, to right. me, it's. You know, I respect you just as much as I respect anybody else who's been in the sport. So you did it your way. Some guys do it theirs. And, but yeah, Tim, you're right. I mean, cause there's guys that, that I work with now at Penske, um, like Michael Nelson, who, who kind of runs the NASCAR side of Penske. And when I started at Penske Crenifus, he was uh, a intern mm -hmm. and, and stayed with them, yeah. you know, for forever for 25 years now and now he's running the place and that's just the path he took and it, a lot of respect for them guys because it takes a lot to get an education yeah you know it, it I, I know what i'm watching my kids do it it takes a lot to do that it takes a lot of hard work it doesn't take any less work to get an education than it does to to be a hard worker so right Everybody that uh, gets here is paid a lot of dues. That's sure. It's in one way or another. Yeah. Right? I, mean, yeah. I started out, my first job in racing was cooking the concession stand at Lancaster Speedway. Flipping burgers with right. the announcer and the track president. You know, you worked with building pit boxes. Yeah, sweeping floors, you know, whatever. Yeah, you, you came in as a junior engineer. and mm -hmm. I mean, we pay our dues. No one just shows and goes, I'm here. Yeah. Even on the driver's side. Everything. Absolutely. Uh, Bender says, that commute is looking good now, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, five, mi five miles. Five miles. Perfect. Yeah, I can Very not good. good on a bike, except for the traffic. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, you get um, killed out there. Right? Yeah, no. Uh, so, did you meet? Did you meet the team? Did you meet all the everybody on there? Yeah, I've, I've met everybody. How it's, many? How many of you know him beforehand? Um, which is a question because you, you know, here's a here's a new crew chief. Did you get hired by Kelly or Dale Jr. Um, Pemberton. 
Well, actually, Pemberton's who I met with. Okay. And then... Uh, you have to be interviewed by the other... It, well, I, I already knew Kelly. Okay. And I kind of knew L.W. I, I knew him he, from... He's involved in L.W. Miller, which is Kelly's husband. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I, so I knew them from racing at Millbridge with my yeah. kids. So, um, and, and then also kind of through Newman, just from some different settings. But um, mostly from being around them while we were racing at Millbridge and, um, and then seeing them at the track. So uh, didn't really have any interviews there, but... Ryan, uh, when I met with Ryan at and Ryan Pemberton, yeah. Ryan Pemberton, and checked out the shop, I was like, man, this is a, it's really just like a good fit. So, uh, a very top of the line organization. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, they all have that, and they do what they do, and you know, the right. Hendrick influence coming down too. Yeah. So that yeah, was for sure. Um, anybody have any questions? This is the time to get them. Uh, so here's a quick. What are your goals for this year? Xfinity. Uh, New driver, you know, I'd be lying teams. to say if I said my our goal is to win the championship. Absolutely, make it. Go for I it. knew you were in it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it's uh, it's you know, I've kind of laid it all out and looked at it. The biggest challenge probably for any of the teams that are title contenders is going to be getting through the first round yep. of the playoffs at at, at the, the the round of of uh, twelve is going to be really tough. Yeah. Because the the races that are in that round, you got you got Talladega in there, um, you got the Roval in there, so it's uh, that's going to be the hardest. You, you, you got some unknowns there. That's sure. going to be the hardest round to navigate through. So, um, you know, it, it, you can't. Uh, it's not like you can go through all the season and point your way ahead to a comfortable victory. So, um, we got our work cut out for us. But um, looking at what that team has done and the progress that the organization's made and. You know, the personal progression that Noah's made, I, I think that we certainly have potential to do that. But we got to start win by winning some races sure. and building our own little history this year. And, and consistency is, like, the number one. Yeah. If you can stay in the top tens, top fives, that's all going to add up. Yeah. The, win, the wins are nice. He learned that pretty early in his career. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he cons- yeah. pays off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, stack the pennies. As a crew chief, and you've dealt with Ryan Newman, Busher, um, Jeff Burton, Burton, Hemrick, Elliot Sadler, your favorite. Where, where, where is, where is it where you decide it's time to push back? And I'm going to say this because we've heard you on the radio, and it's it's not a bad thing, but at some point a crew chief has to tell the driver you have to push back. When do you know it's time? Is it something that builds I think, up? I think it's it's. it's I, I, this is a sincere question. No, it's a great question. I think that. For me, the time to push back with the driver is when it actually has the ability to positively influence the result. Yeah. You know, I think you can. First thing you got to realize. Somebody told me this once when I first started working in racing. And I was like, at, at the cup level and talking about the drivers just losing their mind on the right. radio. Yeah. And I, I was like, man, this is ridiculous. And the, the what this person told me is they said, you know, you, you got to remember one thing. You're sitting there. You're all comfortable. You're at your desk. Get your headphones on. Go your computer. And he's out there like white knuckling it. Right. Running 200 miles an hour. Hotter than hell. Fighting for his life. His adrenaline is through the roof. Adrenaline is through the roof. Aggravated. And, he, and he's like trying to make something happen. They can't figure out how to make it happen. Right. And trying not to die. Like, so you got to recognize. <laughs> like, so I'm not laughing at that. The, the, I've never heard true that story. Before. I've never heard, I never heard the trying not to die. Like, <laughs> but that, but that's, that's, that's the difference. Is right. So, like, you know, as, as tense and stressful it is for you on the pit box, that's what that guy's going through. Yeah. So you got to kind of recognize right. that, you know, it's. It's not like you're talking to your buddy on the telephone and he's right. yelling at you. Hey man, and so, on your pizza. so yeah, you can you can get you can get at each other, and at the end of the day, I think most of the time that's counterproductive, and it actually ends up 
just distracting you from accomplishing what you got to do to execute. So uh, for me as a crew chief, my philosophy is uh, it's my it's my job, or in my view, that my job is to keep the situation under control, figure out what's actionable, figure out how to get the team to act on it, right, and how to get the information from the driver that we can process and how to keep him at his peak potential. So. Uh, said if, like a true engineer. If you need to rip his ass, right, there's a time right. for that, right? And there's certain guys that that works better for. But there's other times when it's better to, you know, take let, that beating. Let them let them tell you what they think. <laughs> no, let yeah. them speak their mind. Let them get it off their chest. Tell them what you're going to do to work on it. Go to work on it, and let them get back to work. Go ahead. Funniest thing I ever heard on the radio uh-huh. while you were crew chief. Pocono. We uh, well, let someone else say driver saying this. Who's the driver? This thing runs down the straightaway like a vacuum cleaner with a full bag. <laughs> I do remember quote, that. Quote unquote. Yeah. Who was that? Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman. It sounds like a Newmanism. The engine guy's going like <laughs> vacuum cleaner with a full with bag. With a full bag. Yeah. And your response to that is probably right, ten br- four. Bring it to us. We'll check it out. <laughs> What do you say but to you, that? You, you, All right, we'll clean out that bag. <laughs> yeah. Bring, you know? Bring that Eureka down here. Well, yeah. Is that a shop bag uh, or a craftsman? I mean, as a, as a, and you, you seem like you're a very level-headed person. You don't seem like you flip out too much. But it takes a, I, I've known you for years, it takes a little bit to poke you to the point like, and we've heard it. And the worst part is when you do fight back or do say, hey, shut up, we all hear it. It's not like it's a private conversation in the holler. Yeah. Everybody hears it and they go, oh, what's going on? <laughs> but afterwards, afterwards is the key part. And what is your goal afterwards when you have those? Yeah, when you have those moments, I mean, you just got to sure. You gotta come together yeah. and, you know, have a little sit-down roundtable sure. discussion with right. you and the driver or you and whoever else might have right. been involved. Right. Talk it out, right? Like, yeah. at the end of the day, we're if everything's functioning the way it's supposed to, we're right. all trying to it's get wind. the best victory. Right. You know, get the best result win, whatever it is. And so uh, when things aren't going your way, the worst thing you can do is get frustrated with each other. Right. Yeah. And even when you get frustrated and vent it towards each other, talking about it at the end is what you got to do to yeah. get through it. Make it positive That's eventually. Right. And I just thought that with you having your cup experience and Noah's Xfinity and now you guys were, I think if you were to tell him or say something, he might go, okay, like you could probably have more of an influence on him. And I don't think it's a bad way than you could on Newman or Burton because your experience level versus his. Yeah, I mean, younger yeah. guys are definitely more going to be more moldable for sure. Yeah, yeah. more That's respect. <laughs> Here's Bender. <laughs> Steering wheel socks, on-off, switch socks, tire <laughs> sock, motor sock. Heard that before? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's one of our favorite guys. We won't name his name. That's we awesome. don't have to name the driver. No, I name him. That's good. Love it. Better. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. I, first of all, I sincerely appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Yeah. Really, really Thanks, mean guys. that. I and that you made your announcement today and you're here with us is yeah. great and we've known you for a while and i wish you continued success and i was a noah gregson fan before now more so because i want to see what you guys are going to do this year awesome all right awesome. i don't it. have a dog in a fight anymore so I can i'm glad to be one of those field pillars to get you to 100. oh stop it <laughs> <laughs> you just never come on 100 i didn't mean in a bad way but i'm talking like are you know, happy to be back with chevrolet yes yes i am it's good bow tie sure. feels <laughs> racing right shall we say it we can say sure. it. Hey, thank you, everybody. Yeah, good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Have a good one. We'll see you in two weeks. Wow. Hey, another great show. Great thank show. Thank you so much, everybody, yep. for tuning Enjoy in. It.
We appreciate it. We do this every Tuesday night, and Warren, I think the guests we've had have been fantastic. Phenomenal. And the people that are following us, we appreciate it. We're reaching 42,000 people a month. Can you believe that? And uh, we appreciate you watching. And, right. uh, We're having fun. Hope everybody else enjoys it. That's it. And this is just a fun show, Bucket of Beer. Guys sitting around talking about it. So keep tuning in. We appreciate it. Check out our store and everything. But um, we appreciate you people. And uh, we will see you next week. Right, my friend? Yes, sir. All right. See you next week.